Yeah, let me just say right off the bat, the devil is a liar. I am on my second recording of this. I recorded this show, was editing this show, and the stupid devil came in. I don't know what happened. It's never happened in the history of this show. I lost everything. It's gone. I mean, permanently deleted. But I'm going to tell you, it's ironic that it happens on Halloween night at the time of this recording while the witches are out there praying. But you know what? Let them pray. Let them get in their candles, sitting around in their little pentagrams with their candles and all that kind of stuff. It ain't going to stop me because this is the time for the great pushback. That's what this episode is about. The great pushback. We are tired of it. We are pushing back on you, devil. Let's get into this. I want to say right off the bat, I want to put out a disclaimer. This is the big picture disclaimer. Nothing that I'm going to say in this episode is intended to speak of anything violent or any, even insinuate anything physical happening. This is a spiritual program and we are spiritually pushing back. Now, that being said, there are going to be some things that you're going to have to do with your body. You're going to have to show up and vote. You're going to have to show up and and uh, give your support for things that are godly and stand in support of that. And you got to go to church, you got to gather, you got to be equipped. You have to be in the, the game. You got to get in the fight. You got to get off the bench. So there are some things you got to do uh, physically, but this show is to talk about spiritual things that have happened. I'm telling you, we have been pushed, we have been pushed, and we have been pushed. And I believe the remnant that is rising, there is a remnant that's rising. I love that scene in Rocky where, you know, he's getting pummeled by Clubber Lane, and they say, he's getting killed. And he goes, "What? Well, let me just show it to you. Boom, that's what I'm talking about. He ain't getting killed. He's getting mad. Woo. Let me tell you something about the remnant. The remnant in itself means small. It means cut away. It's like, you know, somebody's sewing and they're cutting around at a pattern and the, the fabric that's left is the remnant. Well, you know what? I hate to tell you this, but you're what's left. You're, you are not plan B. You are plan A. You are what's left. And it was designed by God for you to be the what's left. So it's time for you to step up, take ownership of this moment. The body of Christ has got to understand we are under attack and we have got to stand up for what we believe in and push back on what the devil has been doing. I'm going to tell you one of the main reasons that God told me to do this, that I'm so determined that I could have quit and left and went home tonight when I lost everything. And instead of coming back here and redoing this again, tired in my body, tired in my mind. I'm telling you, I ain't going to lie to you. I was close to doing it. I was close to just saying, you know, forget it. But I felt the Holy Spirit rise up in me and say, listen, this is not the first time and this won't be the last time that the enemy is going to try his best to push you into quitting, to push you into discouragement. But this is the pushback. That's all I heard all day long. Is it, you know, I didn't even know I was going to make a show on this, but God kept saying, push, just push back, just push back. The body of Christ is pushing back. 
I'm going to tell you what I am right now to you. I am a voice in your life right now. I know I'm nothing without God, but right now, God has tuned you into this channel for a reason. I am a voice to push you out of your comfort zone. I am going to push you out of your comfort zone. Think about that bird that's in that nest. That nest is so comfortable. That that, that bird ain't got to do nothing. That bird ain't even got to go get its food. That bird don't even have to chew its food. His mama goes out and gets the food, comes back, just opens up his mouth and the mama just drops the food right down into to the beak. And I'm talking about got it made. It's warm. It's comfortable. You ain't got to exert yourself. You ain't got to go do anything. But all of a sudden, the more mama comes back with the food, the more uh, mama takes care of you, the bigger you get. And then feathers start growing and it starts doing what it's supposed to do in your body. And then all of a sudden, mama knows, okay, it's time. It's time. I got to kick them out of the nest. Well, if you ever watched them, uh, documentaries, they're trying to, their best to stay in that nest. But mama says, no, no. Part of my responsibility is not just to feed you. It's not just to nurture you, but to be able to identify when it is the moment when you need to be kicked out of the nest. And I'm going to tell you, when they get kicked out of the nest, they don't like it. And they're just, whoo, 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 just falling. But I'm going to tell you, it's built in. It's built in them. It's built in them, the ability to fly, but they don't know that they can fly until they get pushed out. I'm telling you, there are abilities inside of you. There is purposes inside of you. There is destinies inside of you. And you ain't never going to know it till somebody comes along like myself and pushes you out and challenges you. You may feel like you're falling, but inside of you, that spirit man is going to kick in and you're going to fly. You're going to fly like the wings of an eagle, y'all. You're about to soar. That's what we do in this church. That's what I do in this ministry. One of the things that God's called me to do is to, uh, you know, find people and pull things out of them that they didn't even know was in them in, in themselves. And just, I've had people tell me that so many times, Pastor, I didn't even know I could ever even do anything like that. That's what the call of ministry is. And that's what I'm doing in your life. Push, push. The word push is by definition, something that happens to accelerate us beyond what we could what we think we can do or what we even want to do. We need a push. We need a push. Now look, now look, the title of this show is push back. So we need a push to help us push back against all the pushing that has happened on us. And we are constantly being pushed by the devil. Do you understand what we just got through being pushed into? For two and a half years, this whole world was pushed into buying into something. And I'm going to tell you, we bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. Every nation in the world bought into it. And almost every church bought into it. We bought into this push of, you know, where's your compassion? Where's your compassion? And look, there's nothing wrong with it. And yes, we did need to have compassion. But what we didn't realize is that we were pushed, being pushed to give up our liberties, to give up our freedom, to give up our right to worship God, to gather, but not anymore. Now, if anything, what we just went through, you know, the thing that went around the, this whole world for two and a half years has pushed us out of the nest. The true remnant is rising and the true remnant knows we ain't going down that road again. We are not going down that road again. Okay. I know there's bad things coming. There's probably more diseases coming, more viruses coming. And you know what? But they're, they're, they've always been there and they may be as bad as what we just went through and they may be worse than what we went, just, just went through. But I can tell you this right now. I can speak for myself and I know from several other people that I know in my life, no, 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 no. We're not doing that again. That's over. We're pushing back. 
as a society. We have been pushed as a nation. We have been pushed and we have been pushed and pushed and pushed. And here, here's how the sneaky attack of the devil works when he comes, when it comes to pushing, he will use words uh, and, and it's re- almost like reverse psychology that we will be pushed by the narrative of you need to stop being so divided. You need to stop being so angry Christians and you need to stop being so intolerant Christians and bitter towards uh, people's choices of their lives. Then why don't you want people just to be happy? It goes on and on and on. And, but what they, what, what's really happening is while we're being pushed to accept that and to comply with their narrative, the very things that they're trying to push us into believing that we are, they are. They're the most divided, the most angry, the most bitter, the most offensive, and the most intolerant group of people there is. They're only intolerant as long as we tolerate them, but they cannot tolerate us. But I'm going to tell you something. We are pushing back. One of the things that we are pushing back on is the morality, the morality, the sin issue. Let me tell you what happened in this country. Back in the early 60s, we had something called the sexual revolution. Let me show you how the enemy pushes, how the enemy is never satisfied with anything that you would accept. So it started with the sexual revolution. What was the sexual revolution? We want to have sex, free sex, no consequence sex. Okay. We don't want to be bound by, you know, your legalistic Christian views. We want to be able to just, you know, go out and obey our uh, human nature and, and, and our human desires. Well, that wasn't enough. But, but you know what? People just said, all right, okay. Who are we to say that you can't, you know, obey your sexual desires? But that wasn't enough. Then it became. And then it began to be the normalization of pornography. We have been pushed into the normalization of pornography. Used to, you had to sneak to find it. Now, and it was even frowned upon. It was very frowned upon by most people. Now, it's it's you, you're considered to be stupid and and you know not even normal if you don't accept that it's a part of our life. Well, I don't accept it, and I hope that you don't accept it either. So the normalization. of wasn't enough. Then it became the normalization of alternative lifestyle choices. In other words, you, you know, who are you to tell me who I can love? That was their big thing. It's not, you ever noticed it's never, you know, why do you care about uh, who I have sex with? It's who do you care? Why don't you care about who I love? Well, the reality is most of the people, and I'm not doubting that some people genuinely are in love with each other, monogamous relationships, but most of the time it's, it's not, you know, you don't have the right to tell me who I can love. It's really, you don't have the right to tell me who I can have sex with. And because it all comes back to that, you know, church said, okay, okay, we'll, we'll just, you know, it's not our right to tell people who they can love. And, but that wasn't enough. Then we were pushed into the acceptance of changing our genders. It wasn't enough for us to have free sex and have sex with whoever we wanted to have sex with. Now we can, we want to change our biological sex. We want to have surgeries. We want to uh, give puberty blockers to children. We want to start having sex changes when children are in elementary school. They can't buy cigarettes. They can't buy alcohol. They, they can't, you know, even buy a ticket legally to a rated R movie a rated R movie, but yet they can go into a a mainline hospital now because of the normalization, the quick normalization, removing, surgically castrating children. Oh, but that's not enough either. 
Now, get ready, because this, this, is, this is really the most sensitive of all, but this is fact, and this is where it's going. It's not enough to have drag queens. It's not enough to have trans rights. It's not enough for people to you know, start talking to children about changing their sex. Now, and, talk, and by the way, it's not enough for teachers to talk about sex in the classroom, in school systems in this country. And yes, no matter what you say, it really is happening in some school districts. But that's not enough. The push continues. Now here's the latest push. The latest push is we need to stop calling. We need to call them uh, MAP, M-A-P, MAP. You, you need to look out for that term, MAP. Mappers is what they're called. You know what mappers are? MAP, minor attracted person. These are people who are attracted to minors. Mm. In other words, they are. Okay. But it's never enough. Who knows what's coming after that? It's push. It's push. It's push. It's push. Every time we think that we've accepted, we are trying to be tolerant. We're trying to be loved. We're trying to show grace. It's never enough for the devil because the devil is relentless in his push. But here's the thing. We're pushing back. I'm telling you, it's, it's, he's, the devil is so stupid. The devil is so stupid. Let me tell you how stupid he is. He doesn't know when to stop. It's been proven time and time again. He's never satisfied, and he overplays his hand every time. He ends up pushing people who don't even go to church. Some of them don't even believe in God, saying that's enough. You even have people in the gay community and even some in the drag queen community and the trans community stepping up and saying, hold up, hold up, hold up. These are our choices as adults. Leave the children alone. You're, the devil's even pushing the drag queens to say, stop having drag uh, things with kids. That's not what this is about. So the devil is pushing, but he's pushed us too far. He's pushed me too far. He's pushed you too far. Because I believe that by you staying on this channel for this amount of time, you are sick and tired of seeing the church sick and tired. So, so there's during the same time that the sexual revolution and all that came from it that I just talked about was being pushed on us, something else was happening. We began to, at the same time, go back and study history and you'll find Around the time that there was the sexual revolution, there began to also be a push for the government to be your provider in all aspects of your life, uh, to regulate all aspects of your life, to control drip by drip by drip, control every aspect of your life. And when this thing just happened around the world, they seized on it. The World Economic Forum, uh, you know, Klaus Schwab and all those that consider themselves to be the movers and shakers of the world, the planners, the people that have the money that are programming a lot of these things. They, he came out and wrote a book called The Great Reset because he believes, and I've got another video here called They Believe They Can Hack Humans. Look for that in the in my videos. It's incredible when you watch the video about how they are trying to, to hack our brains and our bodies just like they would hack a computer at the center of it all. And one of the things that, that he says in it is he says, but we can't do this now. We can't implement this now. We have to wait for a catastrophe to happen, a worldwide catastrophe. And it's, and we will implement it during the catastrophe.
catastrophe and the world will be ready to accept it when we come out of that catastrophe. He said that in like 2018 or 2019, right before the global catastrophe. So, you know, whatever you can, you can read into that all you want to, but the reality is this, they seized upon it and they pushed us. They pushed us out of our freedom and our liberty. They told churches that you cannot meet and gather. They told some churches, you can't even meet in your home and sing. Do you realize in the state of California, in the height of it all, the churches that were meeting in their homes were told by the governor of the state of California, do not sing or chant when you're together. You are forbidden to sing or chant. Australia came on the on the news in Australia and the prime minister and the government said, you are not permitted to sing in front of a camera because you may infect the camera operator. I'm telling you, they went nuts, y'all. They realized, man, this is our golden opportunity to push people into compliance on a level like I've never seen and you've never seen. Let me just make it very emphatically clear, okay? I might have had some daddy issues, and for those that knew, know my story know I had some serious daddy issues. I had two daddies, two of them, that dropped me and abandoned me. I was in need of a daddy. And I'm going to tell you, still to this day, I don't have a physical father in my life. I have spiritual fathers in my life. So, yeah, I still got daddy issues. But I ain't got no daddy issue big enough for to make the government my daddy. I'm going to push back on that. Uh-uh. You ain't my daddy, Washington. You ain't my daddy. So y'all need to understand my ultimate provision is not coming from some uh, bill that the Senate passed. My ultimate provision is not coming from the Supreme Court. I'm pushing back on that mindset, and you need to as well. You need to teach your kids, hey, when it's all said and done, who knows what this world's going to look like? Who knows what's, who's going to stand and who's going to fall? But the reality is this, when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, our God is still going to be alive and well. And so will I, and so will you, if you trust in him. The government has always tried to push on us too, push on us too. And remember my disclaimer, I'm not calling for anybody to storm any buildings, to push back in, to do any kind of physical harm, any kind of physical threat of any government official. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm encouraging you to push back on the mentality that you need to believe that the government is the all-sufficient provider for you. We are pushing back on that. Let me move on. True generational change does not come through government. It always comes through repentance and revival. You want to try to see how this world's going to change? When you shake your head and go, my God, the world's going to hell on a bobsled. What in the world is happening to this world? How can it ever be? How can it ever turn around? Well, let me just show you what the word of God says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, but here's the kicker, turn from their wicked ways. The Bible says he will heal our land. So you want God to heal our land? You need to start believing, praying that God will move upon people in this harvest time and they will repent of their sins and turn from their wicked ways. I want to tell you something. Government is not the answer. It will never be the answer. Do you know why government will never be the answer? Do you know why sexual fulfillment will never be the answer? Do you know why all of this will never be the answer? It's because all of those things are based on man and man will fail. And I'll just say this too, that uh, every country 
that has ever tried to rise up against God, every country that has tried to stop the preaching of the gospel, it eventually will not survive. And for thousands of years later, here is Jesus and his word. It is still here. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because the word of God is constantly pushing back on the narrative of the enemy. It is the opposite of everything the enemy is doing. The thief comes but to steal, to kill and destroy. Jesus says, but I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, so watch what the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for they did not escape him who refused who spoke on earth. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, yet once more, yet once more. I got to say it again, yet once more. Do you understand? You can only have one once more. You can't have two once mores. Once you have a once more, there is no more once more. It's second and third and fourth. There's only one. So if there's only one, it hadn't already happened. That means it's going to happen. That means it's going to happen one time and it ain't going to happen one time. Things are going to get better. No, it's going to happen one time and there's going to be a separation. The sheep and the goats are going to be separated according to the word of God. The remnant is going to be uh, left after the cutting away. Listen, what's going to happen yet once more indicates the removal, the removal, the pushback, the crushing, the removal of those things that are being shaken uh, as things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken remain. We are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. My God, do you hear me? We receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Every kingdom. Here is the facts, y'all. This is the facts. Every government in the history of mankind that tried to stop the gospel no longer exists and has completely lost their influence in the world. The gospel has survived them all. Every author, every professor, every atheist that's ever written or published anything about the Bible being irrelevant and about the Bible going to die off, they're all dead. They're all in their graves. They're in the dirt. But the Bible is still the number one selling book in the nation, in the world, actually. So we've got the sexual revolution been pushing their agendas on us for generations now. We've got the government that's been pushing their agenda of control and manipulation on us for generations. Now we are in a generation where they have combined. Now the sexual push and the, and the uh, government provision push, the government being all being everything, the all-encompassing power has now gelled with the sexual agenda, where our government used to protect uh, citizens. They used to make rules about you know how you have to make an airplane to make it safe and all this. Now they're spending all their time to make sure that the sexual agenda push has become codified in law. At the time of this recording, who knows when you'll be watching this, it hasn't been long since the Supreme Court did the unthinkable. No one ever thought that would it would happen. After 50 years of being in place, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And you saw with your own eyes, people lose their mind. They, have, they are consumed with making sure that the government will give them the right, the right once again, to have uh, un- no, with no consequence sex so that if, you know, if I, if my birth control don't work or if I decide that I don't want to take it and I get pregnant, I want to be able to kill that baby. And I want my government to push and mandate that on, on the whole world mandated on believers. No, 
pushing back. We are pushing back. No. The truth is, for almost three generations now, every push that has happened in our society and in our culture has been in the wrong direction. Everything has been in the wrong direction. Under the guise of enlightenment, under the guise of getting better, you know, we've got smartphones, and the smarter they get, the dumber we get. And the more enlightened we supposedly they're getting as a society, the more dark the society is becoming. Are you hearing this? We need a generation to push back. We need some pushers, y'all. We need some pushers. <laughs> That's an old school word right there. I don't know if you use that word anymore, but that was what, like a drug pusher. He was always pushing his product, pushing his product. We need some pushers. Let me tell you somebody who was a pusher. Jesus was a pusher. He pushed back. He, he didn't push back on sinners because he was he knew sinners was being sin, sinners. He's just doing what sinners do. He loved them, and he, and he showed them the right way. But he pushed back on religion. He pushed back on the systems that were trying to push their agenda and their narrative on people and keeping them under their thumb. That's what it's always been about. Jesus came in and upset the apple cart, y'all. I mean, and literally in one situation, he came into the temple and turned tables upside down. Y'all know that one. Oh, and by the way, y'all y'all don't like this one. You hyper grace people, you love, 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 everything's love, love, love. Watch this. He made his own whip. The Bible said he made his own whip and he whipped them with the whip when he's turning tables over with. Woo, my God. You don't want to preach that? You hear, when's the last time you heard a preacher preach about Jesus whipping people? Okay. So Jesus didn't go along with the religious form. He didn't go along with the religious system. He pushed back against the system. He didn't tear down the church. He didn't tear down, but he pushed back against religion. Church has always been his idea. A gathering has been his idea. But when man came in and brought their agenda in it, Jesus came in and pushed back. He pushed back against the leaders, and he pushed back against the voices that were trying to hold the people in bondage. So there's another kind of push that I want to end this program on right now. So we've talked about the push of the sexual agenda. We've talked about the push of the government being the, the be-all to everything in our life. And then we talked about now the current push of the combining of the two narratives so that we have this all-powerful force enforcing, trying to codify in law, sexual perversion. And it is only getting worse and worse. I, I, get, I went down the steps of all the, the digression and the sexual perversion of our nation. It ain't over, y'all. It's going to get, it's going to go even beyond that. But I want to tell you, there was a time that somebody snuck to Jesus in the middle of the night, and they and Nic Nicodemus was his name. He was a very, very uh, famous in that time and a very well-educated uh, leader in the Jewish community. But he had been listening to Jesus talk, and he had been seeing how Jesus was carrying himself and how he wasn't afraid to speak against the authorities, how he wasn't afraid to stand for what he believed in. And then, of course, they saw the miracles and all this. And Nicodemus came to him and said, listen, I see something different about you. I see you pushing back. You're not the typical religious leader. And we also know that you can't do the kind of things you do unless you be of God. And Nicodemus said, so what do I need to do to be a part of your ministry, your your world, your kingdom. And Jesus says something profound. He said, Nicodemus, you must 
be born again. Can you imagine? Nicodemus said, what do you mean i got to be born again? The only thing that he knew about being born again, being born at all, was the birthing process that we all came from. He said "He said these words to Jesus. Am I going to need to go back into my mother's womb a second time and be born again that way? Is that what you mean? And Jesus said, Nicodemus, listen to me. You understand this. You understand the process of flesh and how you came to be and how every human being has came to be. But that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that's done with. You can't redo that. I'm talking about something bigger. I'm talking about something spiritual. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. He was telling us that when we're born again, the old man, the old flesh that 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 been pushing and, and navigating our life towards the enemy all these years, the great pushback is being born again because you push back repentance. It comes through repentance. Repentance means to change your mind and turn around, change directions, push back from the direction that you were going. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Every single person that is watching this, every single person that is listening to this, you all came into this world the same way. John chapter 10 tells us that the womb of a mother is the door. He And he said, I came by way of the door. The devil didn't come by way of the door. He is an illegal here. He has no authority here. And that's the same chapter where he talks about preachers and hirelings and shepherds and, and, and wolves coming in for the sheep. And then he says, you know, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But it's all about, I came in the right way. I did it the right way. I pushed back the right, I pushed back and came into this world in the authority that I had given mankind. And I walked in that authority that I gave them. He came the right way. But every one of you, every single one of you came the same way. You came through the womb of a mother. You were pushed. I want you to say this out loud right now. If you're serious and you've made it this far on this program, by the way, if you hadn't already hit the subscribe button and the thumbs up, do that. That helps us more than anything in the world. Subscriptions and that thumbs up helps us share and comment as well. But I'm going to tell you something. Every single one of you that's watching this or listening to this, you came into this world through a push. I'm encouraging you to say that with your mouth. I, I was pushed into this world. World, and now I'm about to push back in the spirit realm. I was pushed into the natural, and now I'm about to push back in the spiritual. Let's get a little deeper, and then I'll be through. I'm winding this program down. Let's talk about the, the birthing process. When someone is conceived in the womb of their mother, by the way, they're a life at the point of conception. You know, come on, come on, bring it. I said their life it's a life at the point of conception. Every one of us, every single one of us was conceived. Okay, and every one of us is a life, and that's where we started. So here's the reality. The first trimester, man, you are loving that womb. I mean, it's warm. It's You got room. You ain't got to feed yourself. You can just lay around and just grow. Second trimester, same thing. It is. You still got pretty good bit of room. You start moving. You start figuring things out. You'll be like, woo, woo, all this kind of stuff inside there, and you're doing somersaults. You're kicking. Now, mama ain't enjoying it too much up there, but you having the time of your small young life, okay? You're like, I ain't got to go get, I ain't got to go to the grocery store. I ain't got to buy nothing. I just, I don't know what this thing is sticking in my belly, but all my food comes in that, that hole in my belly. It's awesome. And uh, man, this is great. Well, a couple months, more months go by and things start getting a little cramped. Next thing you know, you'll be like, uh, okay, I don't, I, I can't move like I used to move. I, I, it ain't as comfortable as it used to be. I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm telling y'all, I, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. You begin to realize 
Now your comfortable environment has become your prison and you got to come out. But you understand that the only way you're going to go to the next phase of your existence and actually be the, the walk this earth and be everything that God uh, commissioned and ordained in that womb for you to be is you're going to have to get out of that womb. And the only way you get out of that womb is up top. Mama's going to have to push you out. All right. There's a process that happens. Here's something that's cool too. Sometime during the end of that third trimester towards almost full term, something kicks into that baby that was put there, had to be just be put there by God. Cause that baby's, you know, he ain't thinking about it. It just does it because God tells it, it realizes before I get out of here, I got to turn around. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Before I get out of here, I got to flip. Before I get out of here, I got to put my head down. And, and so, so you start turning, you start turning in that womb. Now, sometimes things get messed up and you get breached and you're not coming out the right way and you got to have surgery and sometimes you got to have a C-section. But but the majority of the time and the way it's been since the history of humanity is that body turns around and it starts getting in position for the push, getting in the position for the push. That's what I'm speaking over every one of you right now, that this program is getting you in position for the push. That's why the devil destroyed the first time I did this. This is the second time I've recorded this. I lost it all, y'all, the first time that I did this. But <laughs> I think I said some things in this one that I didn't say in the first one that you needed. Somebody say, I'm in position for the push. I'm in position for the push. It's time for a turnaround. You got to get out. Somebody shout, I got to get out. Somebody comment down below. I'm, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. My baby's coming out. Mm. See, not only are you getting pushed, but you're about to push something out too. You're about to give birth to something, y'all. Not only are you being pushed out, but you've got something you need to push out. Your destiny, your purpose, your calling. You've been carrying that baby for too long. It's time to push that ministry out. It's time to push that victory out. It's time to push that joy out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had a Hammond B3 York, it'd talk back to me. Mm-hmm. Got to get out. Got to get out. See, before you can ever walk, before you can ever crawl, before you can ever learn how to eat, before you can ever learn how to talk, you got to go through the push. Let this sink in. You are a pusher. Let me tell you about another pusher. There's a woman named Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks she pushed herself out of her comfort zone. Rosa Parks rode that bus every day and people would look at her because of the color of her skin and they would tell her to move and give up her seat. Well, everybody, you know, told her to do it and maybe even some of her friends, I don't know the full details, but maybe even some of her friends said, hey, look, 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 just, just keep the peace. Just keep the peace. We don't want no trouble. Give him your seat. Give him your seat. Several people because they had been beat down and beat down and beat down, physically beat down, emotionally beat down, pushed, pushed, pushed into submission. That some of them had just said, look, let's don't upset the apple cart. Give them your seat. Rosa Parks may have done that a few times, but one morning she woke up and she's fixing her hair, looking in that mirror. And it was not a normal day. That day had been building for a while, but that day something pushed back up inside of her. Something pushed out of her. That day she said within herself, almost like that woman with the issue of blood, when she said, if I could but just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. And the key verse that nobody likes to preach about, they want to preach about the touching of the hem of the garment, but they forget to say, she said within herself, 
if I could touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be my whole. So the miracle didn't really happen at the garment. The miracle started when she said it, when she pushed it out. It was within her. It was within her, but she had to push it out into reality. She took what she had said within her and she put it into practice and she pushed, pushed. The Bible says she pushed through the crowd. And when she pushed through the crowd in the midst of hundreds, if not thousands of people thronging Jesus, she touched Jesus and Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? The disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? Hundreds of people are slamming up against you. How could we know who you're talking about? He said, no, 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 no. This one's different. This this touch that I felt was coming from somebody that had to push through something, that had to push through the crowd, somebody that had to push through their circumstances, has spent every dime she had but on, on a cure, but no doctor, no physician, nobody could heal her. She had to push through her sickness. She had to push through depression. She had to push through the fact that her body was probably covered in blood. She was considered, she was in a constant state of a menstrual cycle, which meant in the in the in the the law of the day of that time, she was unclean. Not only could she supposed to not supposed to touch anybody, nobody was even supposed to touch her or they would be made unclean. But she touched Jesus and Jesus didn't say she made me unclean. No, you, no matter what's been said about you, no matter what's been done to you, you need to push through the crowd because when you touch Jesus, when you push through the crowd and touch Jesus, what's on Jesus will reverse everything that anybody else has put on you. Rosa Parks, Rosa Parks got up that day and said, you know what, today, it's over. It's over. I'm telling you, I don't care if I got to go to jail. I don't care what they do to me. I knew, I know one thing for sure. I don't know what's going to happen to me after I do it, but I know what's going, what I'm going to do. And that is ain't nobody going to take my seat today. I'm going to sit where I want to sit and I ain't moving for nobody. I am pushing back. I am pushing back. That joker said, get up and give me your seat. And she said, mm. she's probably nervous. She's probably scared to death. Can you imagine? And some of her friends standing around her scared to death for her. Don't do this, Rosa. Don't do this, Rosa. But Rosa, somebody's got to be the pusher. Somebody's got to be the one to push back. Somebody's got to be the voice. Somebody's got to be the leader. John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. That don't mean a preacher. That don't mean an uh, eloquent speaker. That could mean a simple woman of God that is sitting on a bus that said, I ain't moving. And when she pushed back on that joker, it unleashed, it unleashed faith in people. People started believing if Rosa can do it, I can do it. it and, then, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, the civil rights movements and the marches and people getting out. And then you would see people uh, from other races coming and locking arms and standing and singing old spirituals together, which would end up changing the world for the better. To be crushing demonic strongholds that had been over people's lives that had been pushed and pushed and pushed down. But what if Rosa Parks would not have pushed back? What if she had decided not to be a pusher? What if Dr. King would have decided not to be a pusher? Come on. Are you going to be a pusher? Are you going to push back? Are you going to tell the devil to shut up? Are you going to push back that devil off your children? Aren't you sick and tired of seeing YouTube after YouTube and thing after thing of people, adults, thinking that it's okay to talk to your children, to program your children to accept and normalize this demonic spirit that is happening all over this earth. 
Let me just close with this right here. When that baby starts getting pushed out of that canal, when it's cor correctly positioned and it starts coming out of the birth canal correctly, what is the first thing that the nurse or the doctor says that he sees? It's the head, right? It's the head coming forth because that baby has turned and went head first down the birth canal position. But you know what they call it in the medical field? When that happens, when they start seeing the head of the baby coming, it's called crowning, the crown of your head. Are y'all hearing me? Do you know what Corona means? Corona, and I'm not talking about a Corona beer. I'm talking about Corona, Corona, that we know that we really learned about the word Corona all around the world. Do you know what Corona means? It means crown. That's what it means. It means crown. That is, but they call it that because when you look at it under a microscope, it looks like it has little crowns around it, but it's called Corona and it means crown. Can I tell you, a crown goes on a king. A crown goes on a king's head. So when somebody's per perfectly positioned for the push, I'm going to say that again, perfectly positioned for the push, and, and the push happens, the crown comes out. By the way, little side nugget, uh, the Bible calls us a kingdom of priests. So there, there's these little crowns that we have on our head because the Bible says we, we'll cast our crowns before him when we get to heaven. But here's the thing. That crown that swept the world for two and a half years and has still struck fear into millions of people even to this day, that's a little K, y'all. That's a little K. I'm talking about when you push a kingdom push, you don't push you out. You don't push your crown of your head out. You push out because you, because remember John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. You get back out of the way. You get behind Jesus and you push Jesus. And when you push Jesus, y'all, the you are correctly positioned and you push the head of the body out. And when the head, the Bible says, he is the head of the body of Christ. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We're the body. We're all this. Some of y'all trying to go out there arm first. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm 55 years old. Come on, you, some of you trying to go leg first, leg first. Woo, glory to God. I mean, you're trying to, you're trying to push your way out. No, no, no. You need to get correctly positioned so that the head, Jesus Christ, is pushing out in front of you and pushing out in front of your church and pushing out in front of your family. Because when that crown starts coming forth and it starts crowning into that environment that you're in, it ain't some little K. It ain't some little thing under a microscope. It's the big K, y'all. It's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, y'all. Jesus is the head. He is the crown. And he, listen, he put the gospel in our hands. He's the word made flesh. He put the gospel in our hands and said, push it out. Go be a pusher of my word. Go into all the word and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. Then he says in Mark chapter 16, be a, be a miracle pusher too. Don't just be a gospel preacher pusher. Be a miracle preacher. In my name, you will cast out devils. Woo, ha, ha, ha. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. He said, you'll lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Mm. Are you a pusher? Are you a pusher? Sometimes it takes a chaotic situation for you to get pushed out of that out of that nest. And I'm pushing you. I'm telling you, we we ain't going back to where we were before. You want to talk about a new normal? A new normal is being pushed out. Remember what Jesus said? This is my last point here, closing number seven, I promise. 
Jesus said, you can't take a new wine and put it into the old wineskin. You get a new, you need a new wineskin. Why? Because if you put new wine that ain't completely fermented yet in old wine vessels, it has to still expand. And when it expands, it will crack and bust it open. You can't do that. You got to have a new wine skin for the new wine. And that's what the new normal is, y'all. It's a new wine skin for the new wine for the new normal. And the way it happens is you got to push it. Remember, you take those grapes, you put them in the wine press, you got to push it. You got to press the grapes to make the wine. It is the place of crushing and the place of pushing. Ladies and gentlemen, can you say this with me? Push! I'll see you next time on The Big Picture. And don't forget, subscribe, hit the like button, share, where we always say we are not woke, but we are certainly awake. And you know what else we are? We are pushers. 